Mexico, 20 miles apart. Right. Let's drive to Dallas and see who yeah. see who's going to win it. I, I can remember how horrible a feeling it was a year prior losing after getting to the state championship. I mean, I, I think that was one of the toughest things I ever had to endure as a coach. They just weren't going to be denied, even when things looked awful. When when we all when when everybody on the sideline and when everybody up in the stands just thought that this run that run was over, they found the eleven out there on the field at that particular time found a way to get it done. There's some nervous, I'm sure, some nervous Chapel Hill fans in the sidelines. I know there were some 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 nervous Chapel Hill coaches. And here we go, 45 seconds left. Everybody standing. Chapel Hill has to have this to maintain possession. Back to pass. Signs flushed out. Still in trouble. He's still on his feet at the 30. Well, throw it downfield. Yeah, it was 15-0 or bust yeah. uh, that year. I'm Logan Ward, and this is Cardiac Pack, the story of the 2011 Chapel Hill football team. From a state championship defeat in 2010 to one of the craziest four playoff games in Texas high school playoff history, the Bulldogs overcame a lot in 2011. In this episode, we go to the beginning. This is episode one, Great Expectations. It's 2008, and the Chapel Hill Bulldogs just finished a 9-2 season led by Texas Player of the Year Matthew Tucker. But for the third straight year, the Bulldogs were eliminated in the second round of the playoffs, and head coach Phil Castles decided to take the head job at Corsicana High School. Tasked with replacing Castle was first-year head coach Thomas Sitton. Sitton was the defensive coordinator at New Bronzeville's high school, but he knew the East Texas area well. He grew up in Cushing, had coached at Alto in Jacksonville, and played collegiate football at Stephen F. Austin State University. Sitton knew what he wanted to do at Chapel Hill. Win. When he was hired, Sitton told reporters, it's all about winning. We are going to find 11 guys that want to play. That's what it's about. We're going to find the best guys, period. But before Sitton could get his team together, he had to put together his staff. The first call he made was to his college roommate, Jason Holman, to be his defensive coordinator. Sitton put together a hardworking coaching staff that was hungry to show off its talent. Uh, people forget how good that coaching staff was. It was young, but it was really good. Clint Buckley covered Chapel Hill for the Tyler Morning Telegraph. I mean, you had Thomas Sitton, um, Chris Tabor, who went on to become a head coach, Brad Baca, who was the receivers coach. He, he you know, he's a head coach. And uh, Jason Holman, uh, he went to Lufkin and then was the head coach at Tatum. So, I mean, a lot of good young coaches on that staff. Now it was time for Sitton and his staff to get together players that could win. We were five and five. We had an opportunity to go into the playoffs. That was in 2009. and. Uh, we had to beat Gladewater by seven, and we beat them by six. Jason Holman, defensive coordinator. So it was kind of a year of of letdown, so to speak. Um, and at that point in time, we were playing with some young young kids that, you know, weren't as strong as some of the opponents we were playing and, quite frankly, weren't as tough. So the first year did not go exactly as planned, but that first year, many young guys got to play good minutes and build off that 5-5 five and five season. Leading up to the 2010 season, Dave Campbell's magazine predicted the Bulldogs to win the District 17-3A title. This is mostly due to the 13 starters returning from the previous season, including standout player Laramie Lee. He's still 
I consider one of the best pound for pound high school players I've ever covered. I mean, both sides of the ball. He was their best offensive player. He was their best defensive player. Lee was a bruising player who shined for Chapel Hill on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. He was the leader of the 2010 Chapel Hill team. In his junior campaign, Lee racked up 124 tackles, four forced fumbles, and ran for five touchdowns. He was named All-District on both sides of the ball. He was no doubt our our biggest leader, and it, it wasn't in a vocal sense, because Laramie wasn't a big talker, but he was, he really characterized who we were. I mean, he was tough as nails, still pound for pound, probably one of the biggest hitters I've ever had the privilege of coaching. Joker found his way out there on the field and is knocking people out left and right. And just, uh, I mean, when you when you thought about, when you, when you think about how you want a kid to play defense and how fast you want him to play every single snap, I mean, that's, that would be, that would be uh, uh, the definition in the, in the Webster's Dictionary, Laramie Lee. And the 2009 sophomores that were too small and not tough enough, they were only getting better. We knew that that sophomore junior class that were, was about to move up, we knew that they had some talent about them. We knew we had a very talented quarterback that was a great leader. Quarterback Avery Sines, wide receiver Nelson Onwuzu, and defensive lineman Colton Moorhead, who finished with 57 tackles and three sacks as a sophomore, anchored the upcoming junior class for Coach Sitton's second season. This, plus a favorable district, had Coach Sitton feeling pretty good about his playoff chances. Our non-district schedule was, you know, not real strong. Let me say that. Coach Sitton went to change that. Chapel Hill scheduled Lake Tyler rival White House, as well as the Hawesville Bobcats, both of which were in higher classifications. And the two-time defending state champion Carthage Bulldogs to round out their non-district schedule. In the second game of the season, Chapel Hill met the White House Wildcats at Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium. White House was real talented that year. It had the Matorier kid, um, that Hunter Taylor quarterback. Yeah. I mean, just very talented. Real good on defense. They had an Aldridge kid at safety that looked like a, a straight-running SEC-looking safety. Chapel Hill knew that they could prove to everyone that this season they were for real. They were a force to be reckoned with. Then it was time for kickoff. And it was uh, it was a straight running circus. I remember Laramie got knocked out. He got hit pretty good in the second quarter, and we didn't have him back in the second half. And he was our he was basically our team leader. With Lee out, Chapel Hill never regrouped. And uh, they were getting after us pretty good, and completely destroyed us. I think it was forty-two to seven, or it was a wake-up call for Chapel Hill. They still had a lot of work to do to achieve what they had set out to do. But what better way to get back on track than to get the chance to play the number one team in the state and back-to-back defending state champion. Chapel Hill would welcome Carthage to Bulldog Stadium. This time, it was Chapel Hill that went to work. Laramie Lee had 216 all-purpose yards and four rushing touchdowns to lead Chapel Hill to an astonishing 46-14 win over the defending champions. Clint Buckley covered that game and started to think that the Chapel Hill team could be special. That's that's when I kind of I kind of you know thought to myself, okay, either this is a a fluke or this team can be really really good, and this and this win over Carthage could kind of catapult them through the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. 
And it did, just that. Chapel Hill did not lose again in the regular season, and their closest game was a three-point win in the finale against Athens. Quarterback Avery Sines felt they could win some games. So our junior year, we said, okay, we're finally all back together. I think we should at least be able to win district. That was the number one goal. We can at least win district, we're playing like Bullard and Athens and whatnot. Let's win district and let's try to get a, a you know a few rounds deep into the playoffs. And then it snowballed. Snowballed is a too nice of a term for what Chapel Hill did in the playoffs. Chapel Hill steamrolled their opponents in the 2010 postseason. In the first four games of that postseason, Chapel Hill outscored their opponents 192 to 56 with the 35 point average margin of victory. Chapel Hill had a dominant defense and a fast-paced, up-tempo offense that dominated its opponents as well. In the state semifinal game versus West Columbia, Avery Sines went 17 for 19, 285 yards and three touchdowns. And Laramie Lee in the Bulldog defense only allowed 215 total yards. Chapel Hill had made it to the state championship game. A team that was 5-5 the year prior was now in the state title game for only the second time in program history. Chapel Hill's lone state championship came in 1989, when head coach Dickie Meeks led the Bulldogs in his first year at Chapel Hill. Meeks was now the head coach at Henderson High School, and in 2010, he led his team to the state championship to play, you guessed it, Chapel Hill. What makes it better was that these two teams were both located on Highway 64, the Henderson bus had to drive past Chapel Hill to get to AT&T Stadium. Henderson had finished third in the District 16-3A. The district was arguably the toughest in the state of Texas. Led by Carthage and Gilmer, two powerhouse programs in East Texas, Henderson went 3-2, and two, losing to both. People forget Henderson, I think they were a third-place team in their district. And but but at the same time, they came from behind to win a ton of games. So they were battle tested and they were in that district with Gilmer and Carthage and Pittsburgh was really good at that time. Um, So, I mean, Henderson had experience, you know, in tight games. With the dominating performances that Chapel Hill had heading into the state championship game, the Bulldogs were confident they could win. After his stellar performance in the semifinal and the schedule that Henderson played, every signs felt pretty good. Carthage and Henderson were in the same district that year. So we thought, okay, well, if we blew out Carthage and Carthage beat Henderson, as long as we just show up and play our game, we'll be fine. But as we know in football or anything, triangle theory does not work. I remember having a good week of practice. Um, I think we felt like we were going to win too. And a lot of it had to do with the fact the quarterback was hurt, had his hand in a cast. And uh, we didn't know if he was going to play or whether you know what he was going to do. Dell Barnes was Henderson's talented junior quarterback. Barnes was an impressive talent, but his status for the championship game was in question. In the first quarter of Henderson's state semifinal game versus Alvarado, Barnes broke his left wrist. Fortunately for Henderson, it was his non-throwing hand, and by kickoff at AT&T Stadium, Barnes was ready to go. So here we are. The Class 3A Division I state championship game. Two teams separated by only 20 miles drive to the newly constructed AT&T Stadium to battle it out for a title. In only his second year as a head coach, Thomas Sitton had brought his team to the pinnacle of high school football. But when it's your first time at AT&T Stadium, you always look up. And I'll just be honest with you, 
it was it was kind of a shock and awe for us coaches, you know, because we're sitting down there, and then we've got a jumbotron that's running from 20 all the way to the 20. And, I mean, it's just – this is amazing. From the kickoff, Chapel Hill struggled. In the first quarter, a Dell Barnes 15-yard touchdown pass and a one-yard run from Cord Fletcher made it 14 to nothing Henderson after one. They got us with some tempo stuff a little bit, you know, because they hadn't – you know, they hadn't gone fast. or You know, a lot of times on video, you can't tell how fast they're going. You try to watch how fast are they moving the change. Are they snapping it before the change, you know, while the change are getting set. But it didn't look like, and just talking around, that they played with that same tempo uh, that they played with against us. And they did a good job of getting personnel on and off the field real fast and changing up from 10 to 11 to 12 to 21, you know, different personnel groupings. Uh, I just thought they did a great job that night. They had been rolling over teams in the playoffs, and I guess it's just human nature. You can't help to to, to get – I don't, I don't want to say overconfident. I think that's too strong a term, but um, – they definitely weren't ready for the 14 nothing deficit that, that Henderson got off to in the first quarter. I mean, that kind of, you know, people always say, was it Mike Tyson that said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth? The 14 to nothing first quarter deficit was the first time Chapel Hill had trailed in 10 games. The Bulldogs went into the halftime locker room down 21 to 7. But in the third quarter, Chapel Hill and Henderson traded touchdowns and Chapel Hill entered the fourth quarter down 28 to 14. In the fourth quarter, a direct snap to Laramie Lee cut the Henderson lead to seven, and the Chapel Hill defense forced Henderson to punt and gave the offense one last opportunity to tie the game. 58 seconds left. Chapel Hill has the ball on their own 44-yard line, facing third and 18. If the Bulldogs had any magic in them, they're going to need it here. Signs in the gun. Laramie Lee to the left. Two wide receivers on the top and bottom of the formation. Signs back to pass. Evade the rush, going to step up and run. He's got some room across midfield, spins out of the tackle, and he's going to be short of the line to gain. It's going to bring up fourth and three now for Chapel Hill. It's now fourth and three. 36 seconds left here on the Jumbotron at AT&T Stadium. Empty set. Avery signs in the gun with one last chance to extend the game. Takes a snap, drops back, quick throw across the middle, and it is incomplete. The Henderson Lions are going to win this state championship. The pass from Avery signs was incomplete. Intended for Nelson on Wuzu across the middle. And now at this time, Bulldogs would finish 13-2. A team that dominated its opponents on its way to the state championship fell just seven points short. But sometimes, blowing everyone out is not a good thing. So I think they were more comfortable under that tight situation and pressure, whereas we had been used to blowing everybody out and we weren't. I mean, Henderson just just went after them, like physically. Um, I think Henderson won the battle up front on both sides of the ball, offense and defensive line. Um, the Fletcher twins, uh, I think Cord and Corey, I think both in, ended up playing at TJC, but um, those guys were dominant um, up front for Henderson um, on defense. And 
aside from just one long play from Laramie Lee, I think in the in the third quarter, Chapel Hill's offense just really wasn't able to 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 get much in the, in the way of chunk plays. And, to play 15 football games and to come up seven points short of the ultimate goal leads anyone to second-guess their decisions, including Coach Sitton. After that run that we made through the playoffs, you know, with that 2010 team and, and like you said, pretty much got after everybody real good, uh, and then going to the state championship and losing by seven, just had that old bad feeling about you. Like, you know, we could have done something different here. Could have done something different Maybe there. Maybe there's one thing that can comfort you in a loss like that. The fact that Chapel Hill returned 14 starters for 2011 had Coach sitting and the rest of the Bulldogs ready to get going. We knew we was going to have a good chance the next year, I can tell you that. The Daily Fix Nutrition is your new place to get healthy shakes, energizing teas and drinks, and protein coffee. The Daily Fix is located in White House, Texas, and you can follow them on Instagram at The Daily Fix Nutrition. The Daily Fix Nutrition. Come get your fix. Winning breeds high expectations, especially winning championships, and in no place is that more evident than with the Henderson Lions, the 2010 Class 3A state champion, is preparing for the 2011 season. And once again, a long playoff run is expected. This year's team is motivated by the tradition last year's Lions started. But they also want to blaze their own trail. And if that isn't enough to motivate Coach Meeks' team, then all they need to do is look at the preseason rankings, where just about everyone has Henderson as number two, right behind the team that they beat in the championship last year. To start the 2011 season, the Chapel Hill Bulldogs were ranked the number one team in the state of Texas by Dave Campbell's Texas football. They returned eight starters on offense. Dave Campbell's magazine had this to say about the offense. Quote, the offensive starting lineup sounds like something out of a defensive coordinator's notebook under the Nightmares tab. The defense would welcome back six starters, and Dave Campbell said it could be just as potent for the Bulldogs. One thing was for certain. Chapel Hill was not going to fly under the radar this season. They are not going to shock the world. They had to live up to the expectations of the number one team in the state. Last year's 3A runner-up was the Chapel Hill Bulldogs. As we mentioned earlier, the Bulldogs are currently the preseason number one ranked team in Class 3A. So Chapel Hill and Coach Sitton know the expectations are high in 2011. But they aren't worried about that as much as they used last year to fuel this year. They came up just seven points short of a state title and ask any kid on that team. They want to finish what they started last year, and that is the motivating factor and rallying cry for this year's squad. When you are the number one team in the state, and you're now expected to get to the state championship game, the intensity rises significantly. And there are some high expectations set for this football team right here. For the varsity, for the JV, for the freshman. The expectations have gone way on up. Helmets on, strap them up. It's time to work. And they did just that. The 2011 offseason was one of the toughest Coach Sitton has ever done. He knew that to reach the goals they set, it was going to take hard work and determination. Knew where they wanted to get and went and completely attacked you. I can tell you, you know, you, you can remember hearing about our boot camp, you know, and it was always just a, I mean, it's a beatdown. And I think, I don't know if I'm lying or not, but I'm pretty sure that we went 18 straight days that with that 
2000, leading up to that 2011 team and just completely blasted them. You know, because we wanted to make sure that when times got hard, when times got tough, when you feel like you can't go another step, when your teammate right there is dying, you're dying, your other teammate's dying, finding a way to pick each other up. And it was brutal, but I think they were trying to make us hungry, I guess, or get us mentally prepared for, for the season that was coming our senior year. Um, seeing how we came up short, they probably wanted us to stay hungry and uh, battle test us, if you will, before the season came on. During that 2011 season, Coach Sitton granted permission for a camera crew and all-access pass to the team. Some of the audio in this podcast will be from that documentary series. Here's Coach Sitton talking before a two-a-day practice. We're going to win some football games this year. I guarantee we're going to win them, freshman uh, team, JV team, varsity team, all right? And we are going to get them because we're going to deserve them. We're going to outwork everybody every single day. That's what we do. That's the Bulldog way. The Bulldogs would start their season at Palestine Westwood. The top-ranked team in the state, the Chapel Hill Bulldogs at Westwood tonight, and we all know Chapel Hill very hungry for another trip to the state tournament to prove, state championship game to prove they were the best team a year ago, but it's 2011 now, and that's Avery Signs on his game to the other Avery, Avery Henderson. What a way to start the game off. Seven to nothing. Bulldogs with the lead. More Avery Signs. Uh, this guy hasn't skipped a beat since a year ago. This time showing the touch, and Nelson Onwuzu with the diving catch for the touchdown. Way to go, number five. 14 to nothing, but Avery Signs not even close to being done yet. And folks, this is all happening in the first half. Five first half touchdowns at last check, and look at the score. Not a basketball game. That's football, folks. 74-23, number one Chapel Hill looking strong. Despite the dominant performance from the Bulldogs, Coach Sitton knows that if they want to get back to the big dance, they have plenty of work left. We've set some high expectations, have we not? Yes, sir. Now, how do we get how do we get those expectations done? It is every day, all right? It is every day out there on that practice field. It is getting it rock and rolling as fast as you possibly can and playing for each other. We ain't there yet, all right? We ain't even close. I thought we had tremendous effort. Here's the thing you got to understand. Football is a complimentary game. It ain't the defense. It ain't the offense. Okay, it ain't just kick a game. It's all of it together. On the next episode of Cardiac Pack. We could not stop Jonathan Aldrich. Chapel Hill tries to get revenge on their only regular season loss from 2010. Whoever's legs lasted the longest was going to win that game. You know, as early in the season, we still weren't in shape. The Bulldogs traveled to Carthage to play the three-time defending state champion Carthage Bulldogs. And for a moment, the season looks bleak because of an ankle. Um, didn't actually see what happened. I just saw, you know, the aftermath. Special thanks to Michael Coleman. Audio in this podcast comes from CBS 19, Tyler Morning Telegraph, and KTPB Sports Radio.